Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. I'm Anjali Malwani and today we're going to be talking about remote work. Joining us today is Amrut Mehta. He's the director at Little Italy Group of Restaurants. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good and you how are you been? Good, thank you. Can you please give us a small introduction of yourself? Right. So, I run a chain of restaurants in India by the name Little Italy Group of Restaurants. We currently have uh, 50 restaurants uh, in four countries and 25 cities. And uh, yeah, I'm the second generation taking over from my father. I look over the marketing and operations departments in the co- company. Nice. Can you also tell me exactly what locations are your restaurants at? Right. So the most prominent for us is the Indian market because we started out here. We have India, UAE, Nepal, and Thailand. In oh. this year, hopefully, in the near future, we'll be expanding to the UK and the US as well. As you know, uh, this whole research that I'm doing is about remote work, and I just right. want to know how it's affected your business because essentially you come from an industry, hospitality, where remote work is nearly impossible since most of your right. staff they have to come into your restaurant and you interact with them. So COVID nineteen has made everybody forced to work from home, right? So it's definitely impacted right. your business, and I just wanted to know how it's impacted your business and what are the Uh, strategies you've used to tackle this problem in order to sustain your business. Right. So I mean, uh, for sure, uh, the hospitality and tourism industries were amongst the hardest hit with the pandemic. Yeah. And for us also, I mean, it was a big challenge when the lockdown was imposed overnight. Our revenue streams were cut by eighty percent because being a more fine dining restaurant, we rely more on dine-in sales as compared to delivery. so that was a big hit for us in the initial months so then we had to tweak our products to be more delivery friendly and then build that uh, vertical for us to build revenue from that source and that's what we focus on uh, with delivery and all of that also another important thing we did in the last year was uh, in the starting of the lockdown we introduced uh, diy kits which was a rage amongst everyone and it really took off in a way that uh, it forced us to launch a separate brand of gourmet groceries uh, with individual products so that was a great way for us to pivot our service and product offerings to appeal to people in a different way and uh, really build in a different different revenue stream for us so with uh, you know the fmcg and groceries category so that is what we did uh, with that and the delivery sales and fortunately we've been in the business for a long time people know our brand so it was comparatively easier for us than stand alone restaurants or restaurants that are new to the market to develop and increase sales cuz i mean of course in the pandemic everything's about health safety and known brands right so that yeah. really helped us cuz people were more likely to order from us cuz they trust us with the hygiene safety and quality of the products So yeah that's what we did while it was a big challenge and still i mean when there is a lockdown we do at maximum 30 to 40% sales so it's always almost just enough to cover our costs but for us it's important to sustain this period and keep the payrolls running so we can keep providing for our employees and uh, their livelihoods and just keep the business running until we can uh, return to some sort of normality
Yeah. Can you um, tell me a little more about the DIY kits that you created and the line of gourmet products as well? Right. So with DIY kits, I mean, it was interesting. Like I said, you know, I work in the operations and marketing and sometimes it works really well for me because I get feedback directly from the operations department and I'm able to process and apply it for marketing or introducing new products. That's how it happened with the DIY kits because we had a few people call us and say, can you send us uncooked pasta and sauce separately so I can just mix it together myself. And then the perception was the virus dies if they cook it themselves because people still had to buy groceries or they did not want finished products. So we sort of played on that and we understood the consumer psychology and we developed a product for the same. And in the lockdown, as you know, you know, people didn't have much to do. So it also added as a skill that they picked up in the lockdown and an activity they could do to pass time. So that's why the DIY kits were a big hit. And ultimately, people started asking us, why can't I buy only this product or only this sauce? I don't want the whole package. So that's when we launched our range of gourmet products. And fortunately, at the time, our delivery partners, Zomato and Swiggy, uh, they were doing uh, groceries deliveries also, which gave us uh, a way to deliver this to people at home and opened up to a much larger market. So that's what we took advantage of. And, you know, interestingly, overnight, since the first month, we were able to add one lakh rupees in sales to each and every outlet. So that wow. was amazing because we could get that revenue going. And cash flow was so important in the lockdown months because in people had no cash flow so that was great and yeah now we're just working on setting up a big food processing unit we're investing in the factory so we can expand the distribution channel to stores all over india and for export as well wow seems like it really worked out for you yeah it really did nice i also wanted to know what percentage of your uh staff is actually non-production staff so you they can actually work from a desk mm -hmm. with a computer uh right so it's a bit more complicated than that like for example for our dynamic we have restaurants and then we have our corporate office which supports the restaurant so essentially everybody in the corporate office could work from a desk and a laptop and that's what they do but in the restaurant for us the split is 60 percent for the kitchen stuff and 40 percent for the service or front of the house stuff so essentially, when the pandemic hit, while the kitchen staff still had things to do and they had to prepare food, the front of the house people really had nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, because you didn't have guests coming in. And, you know, walking around my restaurant, I would see these guys just sitting around doing nothing, being on the phone, following the news, which made them more scared and more agitated. And after a period of time, we said, you know, we need to keep these guys engaged. We need to teach them some new skills, maybe helping out in the kitchen or doing some food deliveries or just being productive in general, or even make some activities for them so they don't burn out so quick. So that's what we did for the people that were not directly production staff. And yeah, so maybe like 40%. Okay, nice. And did working remotely actually work out for the non-production staff? Um, so on the topic of working remotely, like for the initial two, three months, our office was also working remotely. And uh, the biggest challenge for that was Firstly, it was unprecedented, right? No one was ready for it. And no one knew how to work remotely because before this, the norm was, uh, I mean, quite candidly, a marked absent unless you come into the office, irrespective of the work you put in from home, you know? <laughs> so 
uh, I mean, uh, it was hard because we did not have the tools to do it correctly. Like, let's say in terms of, say, technology or tracking softwares or the simplest thing as laptops. Not all of our employees have laptops at home to work. So we started by providing them with the basic infrastructure to work from home. Uh, so laptops, internet connections, routers, etc. Then we also invested in some tracking softwares so we could really monitor their screen time and see how productive they're being in the day. Apart from that, we had some reporting mechanisms so we can really see what work they're doing and how much productivity they're doing in the entire day. So that is how we sort of, uh, you know, adjusted to the work from home thing. But in my opinion, personally, it's not ideal for me and I'm uh, not uh, pro work from home because I think it reduces productivity, increases burnout in employees faster and also creativity in many senses. It reduces creativity and collaborative work. Yeah, definitely. Collaborative work for sure. Can you also tell me what software exactly do you use to track your employees' screen time and other things? Um, I, do, I, I don't know at the top of my head, but I can get you the name. But uh, basically, it's something that uh, they download on the desktop, and when they start their shift, they, they put it on. So it can kind of track how much time they're spending on which browser, et cetera, et cetera. Because, for example, if people are working from the office, you have firewalls and stuff to not let them get distracted or spend time on social media sites. But working yeah. from home, also another thing is motivation is really less. When you're working from home, you're not in a professional environment anymore. And another thing with respect to the social dynamic in India, you know, like two or three generations stay together in one house. And mm -hmm. let's say the employees of the working class don't necessarily have that much space in their house to have privacy, to not have noise disturbance, or even to have an allocated space for themselves to work. So all of these things really put an hindrance into their productivity. Yeah, I think what I've come to know with this research is that demographics plays a really large role in remote working because in India, we suffer power cuts. Not everybody yeah. has the adequate resources to work from home in compared to first world countries like London or Dubai, where I think everybody has all the tools you need to work from home. And in some cases, they actually prefer it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the simplest thing as an internet connection, I mean, of course, there are places which don't have an internet connection, but even places where me and you live in with an internet connection face so many challenges in the lockdown because they said we're seeing so much volume of usage, we cannot service it. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I know that's happened. Yeah. So I also just wanted to know if your business is, it kind of falls under the essential category since it's food right. production, isn't it? Right. But mm -hmm. it's also a fine dine. So it is kind of a luxury. It's a privilege that most people right. can get. So it's also kind of not essential. So what is your stance on this? I mean, uh, for me, it uh, is 100% essential because food service is an essential thing. And I mean, say, for example, if the restaurants are not there or are not allowed to service, the number of people who don't have didn't have access to maids in the lockdown who didn't know how to cook who students in accommodation there no way to get food i mean there's a drastic change that i see in the lockdown last year and this year like this year you have at least 10 times more people uh, or restaurants active on platforms as compared to last year last year april and may everyone was scared the shops were shut we were one of the few who were 
still delivering orders in that time. And I know we had so many more orders in that period because people simply didn't have a way to make food. I mean, maids weren't allowed to come at home. Groceries weren't readily available. People did not yeah. know how to cook. So I believe in many ways as a food service or even an essential service, we've really helped out many people. I mean, of course, there is the fact that we are a premium establishment. We charge a particular fee for our food, but I guess everything is secondary. Yeah, I guess if your if your if your reputation is so strong, people trust your quality and where the food is coming from. So especially in these times, they will rely on your brand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, of course, in a normal scenario, our customers order from every place. But we had so many people in lockdown who say, if you order from out, it's only literally. Or we had people who call me and my father personally, uh, three months after the lockdown, this is the first meal we are eating from outside the house and it's going to be literally because we know it's guaranteed to be safe. So, I mean, of course that is there. And I mean, after a point, it is our responsibility to not only serve the people, but also give them those small moments of happiness and joy at the end of the day to have a good meal. Yeah, that's really nice. So you also mentioned to me that you have um, restaurants across India, Nepal, Thailand, and you're opening one in UAE soon next week and right. hopefully the UK as well. So have you seen any difference in operations in terms of demographics? Yeah, I mean, uh, surely we've seen, uh, we've had so many learnings uh, uh, from different cities and the trends are so different in different cities also. Like for example, for us, uh, the wave hit Dubai first. So Dubai was the first restaurant to be shut for a period of time and to do only delivery, but they were fully functional by May of 2020. And then they never shut for dine-in. Oh, at some point they had 50% capacity and 30% capacity. Now they finally have 75% capacity, but that all went up and down and it never shut because Dubai is a more modern country than India. They were less harder hit than uh, India in the COVID second wave. And they took care of it in a, be a better way. Now, putting in context, India, even different cities, like, for example, in Maharashtra, of course, the cases surged first and we had a challenge over here. In Bangalore, it surged later and they recovered faster. So in June of last year, dine-in opened in Bangalore. But still, sales in Maharashtra were higher than that of Bangalore because Bangalore is a corporate-dominated city. So the corporates had left and gone to the native lands already. So even the sales trend that we saw in different cities, it was directly related to the demographics in that city. For example, Jaipur as a market recovered for us the slowest compared to any other city because it is an older and more conservative market. Bangalore for us all of last year was badly hit because the corporates aren't there and aren't functioning anymore. We don't have business in the lunch hours anymore because the corporates aren't getting out anymore. Similarly, in Hyderabad, because it's a, a tech city and corporate dominated also, but uh, let's say cities like Chennai and Maharashtra have a similar trend because they're more dominated with uh, families or people who have been visiting us for years. And uh, so it all depends on their uh, psychology, really, I feel, and how the city is moving. Okay, that's nice. I also just want to know if you have made any changes in your ethics. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest uh, change for us uh, is uh, accepting work from home now. Because, I mean, apart from that, we're not a tech company. We're a restaurant company. And we're kind of old school in the sense that we say, 
if you're not coming to work, you're probably not doing the work. So you're not going to get paid for it. But now there is that uh, differentiation for working from home. People are allowed to work from home. People have the freedom to work from home. And I think it is important in many aspects that we make people comfortable to be able to do their work. Because so many times you don't have public transport. People can't make it to work. People have other family members at home that they don't want to put at risk by coming into work. And so many things. So for us as a policy, we have now accepted working from home. And there are specific criteria that people can qualify for that. And it basically gives them more freedom and makes them comfortable. Because, I mean, of course, this is for our office staff. But let's say in April of last year, as soon as the lockdown hit and majority of our staff could not work from home and they had to come into work to keep the business running. Our biggest challenge at that point was the fear factor. And this is the biggest thing that drives humans, you know, the fear factor. And everyone is going to process it differently. And fear is different to everyone, right? So it was up to us at that point to firstly educate them on everything, uh, put out SOPs to maintain safety and hygiene in the work premises, and then ensure it followed day in, day out, so we can beat the virus and we don't spread the virus, most importantly, to our team members and employees. So once we did that activity, we were able to get the employees' confidence back and they're more comfortable coming into work. Of course, still 50% of the people were so scared that they went overnight, they left and went back to the native places. But that's something that happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the pandemic was so unexpected and it hit all all businesses so hard. So you yep. can never know what's going to come tomorrow and hit your business. Like so It's always safe to be prepared to be able to work from home as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I also just want to ask you, have you made any changes to the infrastructure because of this whole change in work environments? So with the work environment, kind of in a way, I mean, I know many companies have uh, really pledge to work from home for the near future or for the next few years. And they've yeah. also, uh, you know, vacated their office premises to cut costs. For us, uh, because we aren't uh, too much in favor of working from home because we feel it is better to work from the office. And in that way, we have more control, more productivity and more creativity. We actually have the same infrastructure uh, in terms of our office space and people are coming in. But of course, in terms of our restaurants, we had to not shut down a few places, but a few places where in the next two years we could not see dine-in recovering. We shut down that space and made it a delivery-only kitchen or a cloud kitchen model or took up a smaller space next door. So those kind of changes we've had to make because we can't currently still function on high costs. But definitely, I think it is a wise move from many companies who are you know, giving back their office spaces and are allowing employees to work from home until the end of 2022. I mean, companies like Facebook and Microsoft, they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, Twitter has indefinitely also allowed its employees to work from home, as have a lot of other companies. But while there are a lot of companies that are completely in favor of remote working, and while there are some companies that are completely against it, there seems to be a trend where most people are adapting to this hybrid model wherein you can cater to your work-life balance and your other responsibilities of life while working from home if you wish to, or you can come to the office and collaborate with your employees at the same time. Either it can be defined or by giving them the choice, but it's a mixture of both. 
So do you think that in future you would ever consider having a hybrid model as such for your office stuff? I mean, I think uh, with respect uh, to the country we live in, in India, we still have a long way to go to accept work from home in general. Because, I mean, there are so many barriers to it, like we said, you know, the social dynamic, infrastructure, people being comfortable working remotely, communication, collaborative work, et cetera, et cetera. Like, for example, in the U.S. and the West, there was already a percentage of the population that was working from home. It was accepted already. And maybe over there, the working class, the more likely to live in nuclear families and to have more space to themselves to do it comfortably. In India, we're still to reach that stage. When we do, I think surely it would be accepted because, I mean, already companies these days, so many of them work with freelancers and don't want people full time. Yeah. You know, that is already a step in that direction. But for us personally, or let's say for me, for the kind of work I do, you know, I most closely work with my kitchen staff developing recipes or my marketing team working on campaigns. I'd much rather be there in the kitchen with them, tasting the dishes, seeing them work their craft and monitoring the technique then, you know, do it from afar because it just helps me make a bigger impact. Like, for example, when I'm working on a marketing campaign also, I'd much rather be in a room full of people brainstorming and bouncing off ideas off of each other until we hit the right note. You know, it's much harder to do when you're far away. I'm one to believe uh, in really of the energy of the room. I mean, may it be a gym or a professional office, you know, the energy in the room really absorbs you. That's true. I guess collaborative and uh, creative work has taken the biggest hit is, and is one of the biggest downsides of remote work. Yeah, I think uh, definitely there are certain sets that struggle in it, but I think it's only a matter of time until we even find a solution to that. Of course, it'll take some doing. On the other end, I think it's really fantastic how so many people now will have the freedom to work from home. It's globally accepted and essentially gives them more freedom to work freedom, to creativity, more work-life balance, and that kind of thing that millennials these days uh, are looking for. Yeah. And also, do you, do you think that, if not in India at least, in other parts of the world, perhaps first world countries, would they consider remote work? No, I definitely think uh, they would and should consider remote work. And it is a great solution for uh, people to keep their employees happy. And if they're able to rightly manage and track the work, even cut their costs and keep their productivity the same. And yeah, that's the dream uh, these days for our generation, isn't it? Like uh, work while you're traveling or work on the go and just have freedom to do what you want, not to be stuck to a nine to five job. You could work your hours according to your time, as long as you get the tasks done in the defined timeline. So that's great. Yeah, cool. I don't have any other questions in particular, but if you have any insights on the subject or anything you'd like to share, please. I think uh, for sure the tech industry, which I think by far is the largest uh, of the companies that lease real estate space for their offices, they would definitely be cutting down on working from home because it's their forte essentially to work uh, from home. And they have the right softwares to track it. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing it quite well. I mean, at least the people we work with, tech companies are doing a good job. Like even people like Zomato and Swiggy these days, they're announcing four-day work weeks and indefinitely no working from the office. 
So yeah, I think it is a good thing. I mean, and above all functionality, productivity and results, it is safer for us. So definitely, you know, at least until we have totally defeated the virus, it is good that some people are trying to make this a thing. I think the audience of um, remote work is basically desk workers and knowledge workers who work from their laptop at a desk. So yeah, I mean, I can totally understand why it doesn't work for your business. So can you mm-hmm. also tell me really quickly what exactly are the job roles of the people at your office? Like, I mean, you must be having a marketing team and... Yeah, yeah. so b- basically our corporate office uh, is... Uh... Uh, the center and support system for all our 50 restaurants. We work on a franchising model. So essentially we provide them with everything. So if there is a problem, they reach out to us for support. So we have the operations department, uh, which looks after all the restaurants. We have a hierarchy. So there'll be a restaurant manager and then about six to seven restaurant managers report to an area manager. The area manager reports to the senior operations manager in our office. So everyone, apart from the senior operation managers working on the ground. So that's the operations department, which has the senior operation manager, the corporate chef as well. Apart from that, uh, we have the uh, HR department who does the hiring, training and all of that for us. We have the marketing department. We do our digital marketing and all of that in-house. Apart from that, we have our IT department who give uh, backup for the software and all the hardware-related stuff. And I think the last and the biggest department for us is the accounting department because that is one of the most tedious jobs. And, you know, with 50 different restaurants handling different accounts and vendors, that is the largest of our staff strength. Nice. That's very vast, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have a strength of about 60 people in our office. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I know it's really late to be asking you this, but what exactly is your job title? My job title for all intensive purposes and thanks to my privileges director. <laughs> but um, I started the, the company uh, in the company years back uh, as a management trainee uh, when I was doing the uh, odd jobs like a waiter or working even in the junior level. Uh, then I worked as a project manager for pre-opening uh, some of the restaurants. Then I was heading the marketing department. Then I took over operations. And now after completing almost five full years in the office, I have the director title. Wow, congrats. You've really stepped your way up. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, yeah, that's that's it from me. You've really shared some great things with me and it's been really insightful talking to you. So thank you so much. Orshana, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in and I hope that this gave you something to think about in terms of the way you work. Stay tuned for our next podcast. Till then, see ya!